when it's your business. Owner is just one of your jobs. Cox Business Security Solutions can help with a customized surveillance and detection system that lets you monitor your business while you're at work and when you're away. It's peace of mind throughout the day and the promise of a good night's sleep, reassuring you everything is in its place and will still be there for whatever your job may be tomorrow. Cox Business Security Solutions. Secure what you're working for. Available to businesses in most Cox Business serviceable areas. Service agreement required. Other restrictions apply. Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. The new show that's the talk of the town. You're tuned in with host Donna Lyons for the latest in entertainment plus the most engaging discussions, top actors, musicians, and producers from Hollywood to Broadway. It's all entertainment. Delivering the buzz and the scoop in three, two, one. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Love, Liberty, and Lip Gloss. I am your host, Donna Lyons, coming to you live from Washington, D.C right here on the Lions Radio Network. And I'm really excited. My guest today is an award-winning actress and activist and uh, for animals, that is. And she is um, probably best known as her role as Margaret Major Margaret Houlihan from uh, Hot, also known as Hot Lips from MASH. And we're going to bring her on because we've had a little bit of a, a run around with our sound today, and it has not been too fun. Loretta, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me, I hope? I sure can, hello, finally, hello. Oh, right? thank goodness. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, the, hello, audience. We've been having a lot of fun here <laughs> trying to catch up with each other. <laughs> and uh, we hope you're there. <laughs> we hope you're there waiting for us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Everybody was expecting us around 2 o'clock. And so um, we apologize, but we did have a little bit of uh, – sound uh technical difficulties but we're here now and ready to talk to loretta (laughs) yes here we are in living sound (laughs) finally getting through my harlan called and i said i can't talk i I can't talk i have to call them back i can't cry you know i was so afraid to those after (laughs) you well after you called me he called me and i said Mm -hmm. he goes you know i was wondering if she was hanging up with me when you were dialing her and i think the three of us were like just going back (laughs) everybody so audience Please, we tried our best. Everybody was doing their best and, you know, going and losing our minds. But, but we're here now. Exactly. I guess, you know, I guess if you keep on laughing, is this correct? I mean, you keep on seeing the humor of the chaos. And um, well, you that's, don't what have... You ha- that's how you have to live life, you know? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. You know, I wanted to talk to you. You were recently in Washington, D.C., because um, you're mm-hmm. a big advocate for our veterans and the uh, military animals as well. And you were That's here. Right. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your trip to Washington, D.C. with the women veterans. That was so amazing. Honestly, it was like uh, feeling so strongly that I was in the middle of history and there I am surrounded by these incredible women, you know, these, you know, I am 
um, you know, me from my character, you know, how, how strong-willed and, and um, gender, gender supportive um, yeah. Margaret Houlihan was at a time when I don't think, I don't think feminist was even coined. I don't think they even had a word for what she was uh, living right. in that man's world, living in a man's war and, uh, and being these, these women, not only Margaret, everybody on the show were volunteers. And I have to keep reminding people that, um, that they were not uh, drafted. <laughs> there was no such thing then. And they yep. volunteered to be, to serve very close to the front in a country that in the winter is the coldest place on the map and, and the hottest in the summer. And that the, 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 um, uh, the death toll that rang, number one uh, was uh, frostbite. That's how severe the winters are there. Number wow. two, number two was snake bite. Number three was the police action, uh, the war, or which they continued to uh, call a police action. And and uh, in Mash, we would do uh, double entendre on that. Uh, it's funny uh, if it's a police action, they bleed just like it's a war. You know, we we could never right. quite as doctors as the medics. Um, determine the difference what made the difference people were dying and we were getting shelled and we were in danger and you know so it was such a very important important show you know and I, and the fact that it's still going so strong uh, only uh, I, I think it says volumes on our society it says volumes of good things about our society that we're not all fun and games, and we take all of this very seriously, and um, and care and care about the future and our kids and so forth. I mean, it just it encompasses so many good things, and uh, I'm just we are all still very very proud of what we were saying. Oh, I can, yeah, I can imagine, and I still love the show today. I could watch every rerun and tell you each episode, and um, still tell you that it still affects you. You know, you've got this laughter yes. that's mixed in with this drama, and your character was so mm-hmm. amazing. I would think that your character probably inspired a lot of women to go into the military or, or just become nurses. Um, nurses, it, yes, I get a lot of fan mail about that. Uh, young girls who watched MASH growing up and did, in fact, uh, write to me as adults and told me that they became nurses because of um, of her portrayal, mine, you know, because of my portrayal of Margaret. And right. I'm, um, I, I, it is more satisfying, gratifying, uh, joyous, uh, there is nothing that could make me feel better than getting a letter like that. I mean, it's just so um, so fulfilling to think that I will. I, I probably will never meet these people, and I have been in their lives, and they're in mine. I mean, it, it's just um, uh, a shattering experience to have have been so involved with with people and 
and in my opinion, done so much good because I think it's a noble profession. Um, and, and on the same subject of nobility, the teachers are on strike, as you probably know, the big yep. news item. Uh-huh. There's another profession that needs our support, that needs people to want to be teachers and and our future depends on them. Absolutely. Otherwise, be, the, you know, kids are going to be growing up illiterate. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to write because it's bad now with texting that their 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 handwriting is illegible. But I mean, they won't know. They, if you don't have any background in history, you. How can you have a future? How can you have uh, a present and a future if you know nothing about the past? I mean, our, our, really, our future depends on teachers, on good teachers. And I, uh, you know, if I could, I would walk the picket with them. I would strike with them because I had amazing teachers. And mm-hmm. I just, I just know that they deserve everything and anything they're asking for. Because, Absolutely. And, and you, you know, a lot about, of them use their own money to pay for things that they bring into the classroom. Exactly, because they can't. And, and so, and also, aside from the, um, the money, the, 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 crowded, the crowded classrooms, 46, 49 kids in a classroom, how can how can you manage that? You cannot. You need you need more classrooms, uh, fewer students, more teachers teaching, focus to a smaller group of kids. I mean, uh, I I was um, fortunate. I went to parochial school where we did not have large classes, and you were able to learn. You were able to. You were focused on. You had you had attention, and you need that. As a kid, you need when you're growing up that attention and that care. Um, when you bring in homework, you need that kind of attention. You need that kind of focus. Otherwise, how are you going to learn? How do you know? You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. Um, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm really a, a, a big, big supporter because I know what some of the teachers I've had in my life gave me. I owe them. I will always owe them. And uh, the same thing uh, applying, again, to the nursing profession. Uh, the doctors will tell you they're the important ones. I mean, if if the doctors are, like, not kidding around and being straight, they'll tell you, yeah, we, we, we can't do without the nurses. I mean, that's right. Yeah, without the nurses, you know. And I think, um, and then the primary care. Um, the nurses, uh, what they provide uh, uh, afterwards, you know, in in post-op and afterwards. Um, uh, Let's face it, our um, our, uh, one of our outstanding features, uh, our gender, is nurturing. Uh, We're we're born to be mothers, you know, two mothers. We learn at a young age about nurturing and about being a mother because we have one and we we are you know gentle and loving and nurturing it's it's in our dna 
and it comes very, and I'm not saying some men are not. I've had experiences with doctors in my life where they're just, their bedside manner is so healing. But but I, I don't think, I don't think it comes as naturally. I think they learn to do that or or not. But I think women, uh, the our, our gender just naturally lends itself to compassion and caring and, and softness. And, you know, because again, mm-hmm. when we're growing up, uh, being soft and being caring is wonderful. I mean, you are, that's a good thing to be. Nobody criticizes you for it. Whereas, uh, Young boys are still being nurtured in a way where uh, they're, they, they're careful not to be sissy in quotes or or soft. You know, they're, right, they're doing yeah. sports and they're punching and they're boxing and the thing and the stuff. Uh, which be, and so that's more natural uh, for them growing up. And um, uh, I I think it's getting better actually. I've I've uh, I've seen a lot of progress, but. But uh, here we are, uh, this nurse in the 50s, uh, shooting this series in the 70s, but but in the 50s, to be strong and determined and ambitious and and, um, uh, so solid. I just watched an episode the other night called Inga and... um, Mariette Hartley, a dear, lovely actress, friend of mine, came into the 4077th, a doctor, and uh, uh, equal in skill to uh, Hawkeye, and he has uh, he has a strange reaction to it. It's like, ooh, you know, here's here's this strong woman, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and so and there was this wonderful scene with Margaret where she just tells him off. She she really (laughs) lays down and it's wonderful. And they're outside when she's chewing him out and she walks back into the mess tent and everybody's on their feet applauding her for for putting him in, putting him in his place, you know? So, so, and I think, and also I have to um, laud the, the writers who recognized that a woman could have that strength could do that in the fifties if it were in her. She and and they gave her the uh, she, they allowed her to have that voice. And right, um, and I even writing that in know, the seventies, that's very bold of them. You know, it's it was new. And that's how right. How hard was that? How hard was it for you to play that part, knowing that you were that you were like paving the way for so many women. Oh, it wasn't hard to play the role. What was hard was convincing the producers and the writers that we could we could do it, that it was possible right. to do it. See, initially, if you if you're a real mashed person, mm-hmm. um, Margaret did not start out with that kind of strength and courage. She right. was um, she was a joke. She was she was fun. She was their comedy relief, uh, as was Larry Linville. And uh, and yet they were trying to write her. I certainly was trying to play her as a competent head nurse. And so it was vital that we got on the same page. And um, um, and we and we eventually did. But it was 
was not easy. Um, Alan said it best one, one day in an interview. He said, as a writer, he said, as a writer, sometimes you get um, plugged into a really fine joke, a really great thing. And you're, it's difficult to give it up. Well, Hot Lips, so to speak, and and um, Lyra Linville's character, they made a funny joke. They were a funny pair. They were mismatched. He was married. She was um, 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 lonely and and um, and yet trying to be in charge. And you know, and so, but they they uh, they were a funny comedy team that eventually, and I mean very soon after, uh, did not belong in the reality that we were portraying. So, um, uh, so uh, wait, wait, just one second. Wait, uh, you have you have both? Yes, good. That, that's for you, honey. Yeah, that's for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> my, ma- my major domo came in to, uh, to see that I was okay. I have a keeper of 47 years. She's with me looking in to make sure I'm okay. So wow. Anyway. That's family. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she is family. She is my family. And so um, uh, it was not easy for them to let go of the idea of the um, downright silliness that um, Larry was playing, and they were writing for him. And uh, little by little, as they were writing Margaret to be more intelligent and, and caring and a great, a great nurse and so forth, I had to meet with him and say, I can no longer justify being with this nincompoop that, that you're writing for Larry, you know, and, and Larry, Larry felt the same way. Larry, Larry, um, but he's, he was an incredible actor to pull that off uh, for as long as he did. And, and basically he left, uh, in, in defense of himself, he said, um, I can't, I can't do this any longer. You know, I'm, I'm starting to have character rejection. He said, I'm having trouble watching um, dailies. You know, I just, uh, and, and, uh, and I, and I agreed, but uh, again, he was so funny. He kind of created his, (laughs) and he also (laughs) memorized pages. I mean, Larry, Larry Gelbart would write pages of stuff, you know, a comma and Linville could do it. He was Shakespearean actor. I mean, he would just like rattle up the. And he said to me once, he said, "I've I've doomed myself." Gelbart found out that I can memorize pages of dialogue, <laughs> so he, he so he writes the pages of dialogue. And uh, but uh, Larry and I actually were great friends, uh, obviously, and and we would go off. Uh, uh, we're, we're, let's say we're shooting an episode. Didn't matter, whatever director. Larry and I would go off and rehearse by ourselves, figure out a scene, and do funny things and whatever, and then would come back to the set and um, and say to the director, uh, "We we were working on the scene, and we came up with this, and we'd like to show you." if you think it's funny, you know, whatever. And 10 times out of 10, the director would say, that's wonderful. That's exactly how we can do it, you know. 
And most of the directors would say that to all of us. And I'm not here to tell you how to play these roles. You know, you know how to right. do that. I'm here to figure out the best way to shoot what you're doing, you know. But uh, mo- so, so mostly uh, we, we would uh, do a lot of that during the staging, you know, we're doing blocking uh, the first day of rehearsal. Uh, but but because Larry and I had these quirky things and they were always scenes together, so we could split off and do that and um, and bring it back and and show it and and then and I remember once we went to Gelbart, we had no denouement, uh, no punishment at the end of a, uh, an episode. We were getting away with murder, uh, <laughs> doing the wrong things. <laughs> so we went to Gelbart and we said, what if this happened? And, you know, blood, and he loved it. He just loved it. And he said that, thank you guys. You know, and that's what they did pretty much. But, um, uh, I, but, after uh, after doing this a certain amount of time, uh, we we grew apart in the writing. We 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 weren't fitting together anymore, and it was mostly because of me. It was mostly because I was trying to be a head nurse that I felt she wanted to be. She could be proud of. They had already right. established that I was an only child and uh, the, the the daughter of a general who was disappointed he didn't have a son. So I was trying to be the uh, soldier, a soldier's son he never had and so forth. They eventually even wrote an episode about it. So so here I am trying to prove myself, trying to be the best damn head nurse in Korea. And so I would um, take my plea to the writers and say, "I, I can't keep doing that and overlook uh, the Major Burns' ineptness as a doctor. I mean, I had right. great admiration for Hawkeye and VJ and, and earlier Trapper. Uh, they were good doctors, great surgeons. They were doing what we called meatball surgery in the most awful conditions, the most awful circumstances. We never had enough of anything and uh, – you know, uh, we're losing right, yeah. light. We have no generator. I mean, there was always something. And these great doctors were pulling it off. And um, and um, so, so and the thing is, it was little by reality little, what was really happening. I mean, we were learning from right. what people actually went through in life during that time. Do you have a favorite, favorite episode? Uh, I have several, but they're all, there's something in every one of them. I mean, occasionally when I'm surfing and I come upon one of the hundred channels that are carrying reruns, yeah. uh, I, I will, you know, I'll be seduced by it because it's just, it's just wonderful. It's classic. It stands up and it's, you know, so I, um, uh, I have to say there's something wonderful in, in every single episode, but uh, mm-hmm. I I love the nurses um, where where she reveals her loneliness at the top, you know, and she yeah. um, you can see uh, how uh, lonely and and heartbreaking um, that is. Uh, is that the one where she was, goes to the other nurses and says, "You've never asked me to do this or that"? Talking about that episode. Yeah, 
that's right. Yeah, you've never invited yes. me in for a lousy cup of coffee. And it just, yep. um, um, and usually interviewers uh, want to talk about that episode because it was so breakthrough for a character. And, and I owe that to the writer. They, you know, we were starting to be so insightful about what was really going on with her. Yes, she was efficient. She was screaming. She was, you know, she was commanding. She was efficient. She was, uh, she was all those things she was, but, uh, uh, there was a reason, and there was a, and but but they started to inject her with her own sense of humor. She was no longer the butt of jokes; she was making them. She was in on them. <laughs> yep. And and uh, so uh, I also loved Comrades in Arms. Um, I just saw Alan. We were talking about that very special episode. It was a two-parter, and it was um, Alan had written it quite a bit earlier than we finally were able to do it. Gene Reynolds uh, felt, he was our executive producer at that point when Alan uh, suggested it and uh, wrote it. He said, I just think it's too soon. I don't think the audience uh, will accept, I'm paraphrasing, but that was the thought that um, uh, we were adversaries uh, Hawkeye and and uh, Margaret were fighting, you know, all the time, and mm-hmm. uh, she was always screaming at him, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and he was always, uh, you know, doing terrible jokes and making fun of her, and uh, so, um, uh, but underlying all of that, there was this kind of mutual respect for the way we were making it through this this horrific experience of Korea. And um, uh, when we finally got to do it, it was, it was spectacular to have that happen to them, to see their needs, to see their fears and their, their fragility, their humanity uh, override all of that nonsense and, and, and anger um, at each other. And then to watch, to watch them regroup, carry on, but be affected by what they learned when they were behind enemy lines and they fell into each other's arms for comfort and solace and protection and, and you know, courage. And they gave each other something. And um, although... My character initially tried to take it back, try to pretend that nothing happened, and tried to go back to how they would behave. And uh, his character says, "You can't, you can't do that anymore. We we found right. something, you know, and you can't right. take it back. And uh, while it while it's not a lasting thing, we're not going to go on into the sunset." But we found something, and maybe now we can be very close friends. And that's what happens. It does. It it um, it then colors their their relationship from that time on. And yet, when right. I put it all together, it makes sense that it would have happened. The audience was waiting for it to happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you know, I agree with yeah. that. So, but that, you know, 
I keep going back to the writers. I mean, the writing was just downright brilliant. You know, oh, we absolutely. could not be. Yeah, we couldn't be any of those people without those writers. They were just. They were just phenomenal, amazing, phenomenal. And, and you're and, so blessed to be able to be part of that for so many years. My gosh. Oh, you, and yeah, and uh, you better believe free and entertainment yeah. still today. Yes. And, 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 you know, we're going to talk about uh, the military and the military dogs and the veterans. Um, I went to Korea, actually. I did a documentary about the quote forgotten war unquote i um have been involved with pow's i did a documentary on um it's called never the same which by the way is an appropriate title because those very few who survived the the prison camps i came back different and they were never the same they were right. affected deeply and it was long before we were taking care and nurturing and helping those survivors who came back with PTSD and right. uh, um, a better job. Now, what I'm getting into is the uh, dog soldiers. The dogs are soldiers, too. They come back with the same affliction. They need to be right. treated, uh, you know, for the same affliction. Um just to give you a small example, if you have pets, how do they react to the fireworks on the 4th of July? They're hysterical, right? right? Most mm-hmm. of them jumpy and barking. And Okay, so you have a battle-weary dog. By the way, their tour of duty is seven years. That's a long Oh, time. my God. That's, That's a long so sad. Time. That's yeah. if they survive. I mean, we have... We have casualties. These these wonderful dogs walk through wine minefields so that their partner doesn't blow up. You know, I don't want to get emotional about it, but we owe them a great deal. And oh, um, 100%. Yeah, the, the soldiers who partner with them will be the first ones to tell you how much they owe them, how much, how much we owe them, you know, so... So, um, as you know, I have a charity. It's called uh, Sweethearts Animal Alliance. And I'm um, bringing together as many as I can, oh, well, supporters initially, but um, those, those existing wonderful organizations that are doing so much. And like ARF, for example. ARF is um, at the Animal Rescue Foundation. And um, they've taken dogs um, through through a process of um, well, recalibrating well, oh, 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 almost uh, where they're taken from a battle and put into service a service dog and given them to veterans who need a service dog for example and I have uh, this picture that never fails to break my heart. He's a big burly guy. He looks like he had to be a Marine. You know, he's just like this big burly yeah. guy sitting next, <laughs> sitting next to his dog and he's saying at night when the demons come, I'm not alone anymore. And he's Aww. talking about his service dog. And that's, I mean, I've seen photos 
they sent me. Uh, the uh, Israel uh, Guide Dog for the Blinds also have uh, started a program of uh, service dogs. And um, yeah, and we need to get them. Th- yeah, we need to help them yeah. too. And did you see the Megan Levy story? Did you have you met? No. The movie no. that was out about no. Megan Levy, she was the veteran that came back, and she had a dog that she yeah. was the handler of the dog, and she fought right. endlessly to mm-hmm. get the dog back. Oh, my God. Right. A beautiful yes. movie. It's called Megan Levy. But, um, yes, I, I, know, it, I know of it. I, I became very involved when I met um, um, my Marine, uh, who lost both his legs in a, a night action. Now the dogs don't right. go out on that night actions and he was sent home and it took him seven months to get his partner back, uh, Harley. Aww. And in, in fact, I'm going to be with them. What is it? January next month. And we're going to be doing, um, an interview and, um, recording and I'll be using that to help me raise my funds uh, there are so many elements, so if I'm stuttering, it's because I want to cover so many things. Uh, number yeah. one, um, I'm not I'm not blaming the military, military in any way. There are many reasons why the dogs don't come back with their partners. Now, in his case, he was injured and he had to be sent back home. Right. And, um, and uh, the dog was not with him. Um, um, and and the process started immediately to try to reunite them. Uh, in some cases, let's say I'm going to give you a variety of instances. In some cases, um, the dog that remains is being given immediately another partner, and they work out their partnership and they become a team. And the dog having let's say three more years for his tour. So it's more valuable and obviously economically uh, makes more sense to keep him there, retrain him with a new partner and let them finish their tour together and then hopefully get them sent back together. Mainly uh, I think the uh, whole, the whole system should be round trip and that's what we would aim for that the two who sent who were sent over together should come back together. Uh, I agree. In some cases, yeah, in some cases, the family of a deceased soldier, let's say, wants his partner animal, wants to have that animal in the family, wants to bring that dog and and keep that dog like their husband's son, you know, whatever, and uh, what it, what that dog would represent and carry on. Right. Um, uh, there are other reasons to bring them back and turn them into service dogs and hand them over to work with vets who need help, who need service dogs. So there, there are just so many, many levels that um, – we we need to keep working on and we need to keep going, uh, but to indiscriminately leave them behind, uh, no. That that I I want to believe that that's not happening, but I do know that it is extremely extremely difficult to bring them back, 
um, just um, how the voyage alone, the transportation alone, there's no, unless it's, um, unless it's a military plane, that's different. We can bring a bunch of them back. Um, but for example, if they're going by um, uh, regular airlines, they have to change planes several times. There are some airports that do not allow certain animals to be there landing, even even if they don't get off the plane, except to change planes or something like that. So there are there are like so many different issues that don't make what we're doing easy. There's so many things that we have to, uh, many hurdles, you know, that we have to jump. Right. So anyhow. Yeah. But, well, I thank but, you for um, bringing awareness to it because it's very important. In, indeed. My, my main function is to, Jane, uh, to, to join these various groups that are doing a phenomenal job of training. You know, it's that I raise funds. This is what I do. I get out there. I talk about it. I'll give benefits or whatever. I talk about it and raise money so that we can continue to make it happen. It takes, let's say, um, anywhere between seven and 10,000 to uh, take a dog, retrain, rehabilitate, match. And then when they match, let's say it's a vet, then the two of them go on a 12-week program to train together. And this is not to go back into battle. This is to retrain that dog to be a service animal with this new partner. Uh, so this 12-week course where they go and we put them up and, and, and they get trained by a vet, by the, by the way. It's, oh, it's a very veteran-oriented program. They know their needs. So who, who would be better uh, to be in charge of a program like that. So um, I, uh, I'm in contact with this in, incredible woman who is like totally responsible for the idea of service dogs. Her name is Bonnie, Bonnie Bergen. And um, um, she, the, the, I, I just, I just um, my, what I do puts me in touch with some remarkable people, you know, it's, it's, a, I'm right. living a great life because I'm working with these phenomenal, innovative, and sensational people. But it is thanks to Bonnie that uh, there is even such a thing as a service dog. And, and of course, this goes back years and years, um, long before I was even aware of what could be done and what was happening. So, um, but I, I can't wait to be with Chris and Harley. My, my Marine, by the way, is Chris Van Etten, and his dog is Harley. And uh, uh, Harley's going to make his uh, last appearance with me and Chris. And I've, um, of course, I'm um, doing a painting of Harley. Oh, I hope he doesn't. Oh, and you're painting well, what are, well, you know what? Yeah, well, you know what? I'm um I'm going to be presenting that to him next month's uh, painting of Harley. And and when I look at it because I'm doing it from a photograph that we took of Harley and he's mm-hmm. looking up at Chris and the eyes are filled with some um, taking care of this person, Aww. this, this, 
uh, this this worship, this adoration, and this caring, and the. Uh, uh, but I'm, I mean, I, I read other things that the organizations have uh, put out uh, quotes uh, by a veteran saying, um, uh, or, or a battle dog. Uh, they're saying uh, nothing's going to happen to me on his watch, and um, and he'll he he won't leave me. This buddy will never leave me, and this buddy will take care of me. But I've seen pictures that'll just break your heart with some. Um, uh, oh, I started to talk about the um, the the blind dog, or the uh, dogs for the blind. Um, their program. They sent me a little video of um, the soldier having a nightmare, and his dog climbed into bed with him and put his his body on top of of his. Oh. You know, the, the dog put his and calmed calmly woke him from the nightmare mm-hmm. and was there on top of him you know oh wow. I, i've seen them on on airplanes coming back together like that where the dog is just sleeping right on top right. of the soldier you know it's just uh, so you know i mean the bonding is palpable you, there's there's no question about that what they do for each other and we owe them we owe both of them to keep them together, to help each other and be there for each other. Uh, it's a marriage. It's a some healthy. It is. It's and, beautiful. Uh, and I thank you for bringing awareness to that and doing what you do. We are running out of time, so, so I'm going to have to let you go. But this has been a blast. I love chatting with you. Thank you and so much. And I'm sorry about all the craziness earlier, but, you oh. know, it was it was good craziness. We got to know it each other better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Loretta, thank you so much. And um and I'm hoping to have you back on again really soon. And um, yes, please. thank you for all you do and all the entertainment you brought us and all the beautiful things yeah. you're doing for veterans yeah. and animals. Yeah, I, I wanna really I want it. to um yeah, I wanna talk some more about the fundraisers coming up and I wanna talk some more to your audience about they're donating their dollars and dimes or whatever to help us to help us uh, keep our teams together and uh, absolutely absolutely do the right thing military show we're going to have you on the, i would love to have you on our military show oh please yes wow perfect okay i will i'll let harlan know <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Poor Harlan. I think we're giving him a nervous breakdown. But <laughs> I told him. I said, No, no, no. I have all her numbers. <laughs> I have all her numbers, and we're cool. Yes, right. You, you can know. call me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God bless. I know you're off the air, so um, all right, God bless Loretta. and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. You too, sweetie. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. That was such a blast, and she has so much information. She's just a wealth of information and so much fun about, uh, you know, all the the characters she played on MASH and what it represented and what she's doing for veterans and animals. So uh, please check out sweetheart.org. I'd really appreciate it. We'll have her back on again on our military hour. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.
pros and the no start with Lowe's because Lowe's has the fixtures and the savings to get the job done right. Working on a big bath project? Now you can get up to 35% off select bath faucets, and you can even save up to 20% on select toilets. Plus, order what you need online and pick it up in-store. See Lowe'sForPros.com for details. So, pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 3-1 while supplies last. Selection varies by location, U.S. only.